the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. All right. Well, happy Monday to you, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. It really is the only place you're going to want to hang out every day, Monday through Friday, noon to 3 Eastern. And, uh, folks, we've got a great show lined up for you today. So over the weekend, uh, it was, uh, whoo, sweet mercy. That was a long weekend, and uh, no big surprises here. As soon as uh, the Republicans announced they were going to be uh, doing the final votes in the wee hours of the morning, we sort of knew what was going to happen. Kevin McCarthy on the 15th ballot uh, was uh, elected Speaker of the House. And uh, we've got a lot to go through here. Uh, today is a very busy day up on Capitol Hill as uh, the as the Congress uh, gets ready to vote on this rules package. Now, here's the, here's the main thing you need to understand, that Kevin McCarthy craved power so much that he was willing to basically give away all of the power in the speakership. And that's pretty much what he did, completely gutted the powers that the Speaker of the House traditionally has. And McCarthy had to do that to appease the House Freedom Caucus members. And now as a result of that, every single day for the rest of his speakership, do not be surprised if someone from the Democrat Party raises a motion to vacate the chair. In other words, to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. And they're going to have to vote on it. And the reason why is because that's one of the concessions that McCarthy gave to the House Freedom Caucus. Now, a lot of people are upset with the Freedom Caucus folks. They're saying they caved, they gave in, they they waved the white flag of surrender. But folks, there are certain things called realities. And the fact of the matter is, and I think Matt Gates actually referenced this uh, in a Fox News interview, is that there's really nothing else to ask of Speaker McCarthy. They got what they wanted out of McCarthy. And what they got out of McCarthy was the ability to stop him if he decides to start working with the Democrats or if he starts capitulating to the Democrats or the establishment Republicans. So I think we're in good shape here. Now, that doesn't mean Kevin McCarthy is um, is a rock-solid Ronald Reagan conservative. No, I, I don't think he is. I still don't think he is. But the reality is we got to give the guy a chance. He can either succeed or fail, but we got to give him a chance. And and that's what we are going to do today on starting on this radio program. 
But look, we're going to call him out. First time he goes off script, we're going to call the guy out. By the way, um, a lot of people. Did you see the altercation over the uh, on the you know in the chamber? Uh, th- this happened late, late, late Friday. And Mike Rogers, who is the Republican from Alabama, he's the guy, by the way, who had been secretly threatening all of the Republicans. You're going to vote for McCarthy. If you don't vote for McCarthy, we're stripping you of all your committee memberships. I suspect there were other things that were threatened because, you know, they keep tabs on everybody. They know what everybody's up to. I mean, it's like Santa Claus. They see you when you're sleeping. That's what they do. Mike Rogers is a bad guy. Anyway, apparently he's also uh, prone to uh, take a, 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 a sip or two. And according to our good friend Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Mike Rogers had been uh, had been sipping something. We don't know if it was Tennessee sipping whiskey. We don't know what it was. may have been moonshine. But anyway, he was um, had a, he was a couple of sheets in the wind when Matt Gates voted uh, present, and uh, it, it set Rogers off. And so Rogers and we got the video up on the website, and you've probably seen it by now. Rogers just lunges at Matt Gates, and a couple of the other congressmen had to had to physically restrain Rogers from um, from attacking Gates, but it looked as though he was probably going to end up hitting Lauren Boebert, but I think she could have taken care of herself. So uh, there, was a, there was a bit of um, a dust up there. Now, Matt Gates was asked about this, cut number five. There was a tense moment late night Friday night when Congressman Mike Rogers, expected to be the next chairman of House Armed Services, confronted you. You guys both serve on the Armed Services Committee what was that all about, and are you guys going to be able to work together on armed services? Well, Mike Rogers is going to be a terrific chairman of the Armed Services Committee, and we share a deep commitment to our national defense, to our men and women in uniform. And, of course, in a late-night moment of high drama, people can have moments of frustration. But Mike Rogers and I have a six-year productive uh, working relationship. We're going to work together wonderfully going forward, and I don't think there should be any punishment or reprisal just because he had an animated moment moment. He has my forgiveness and uh, certainly is someone who's done great things for our national defense and will continue to do those great things. All right. Well, that was very generous of Matt Gates. I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Honestly, that's the way it ought to be every single day up on Capitol Hill. There we need to ha- how many times have you turned on C-SPAN and there were three people there debating issues. We need the full Congress in their seats, butts in seats, debating these issues and if things get a little bit uh, heated well so be it it's not like look uh there's a long history of violence in the in the congress but it's not like mike rogers tried to cane matt gates uh chip roy weighed in on this cut number six well first of all uh, you know let's remember that uh, a little temporary conflict is necessary in this town in order to stop this town from rolling over the american people i don't think anybody uh, on either side of the aisle could uh, say with a straight face that they think that washington is doing uh, good work for the american people on a regular basis and isn't broken uh it we we have to work to fix this place and look some of the tensions you saw on display uh when we saw some of the you know the interactions there between mike rogers and matt gates uh, you know, some of that is we need a little of that. We need a little of this sort of breaking the glass in order to get us to the table and orders to fight for the American people and to change the way this place is 
dysfunctional. Yeah, I I agree with Chip Roy here. I I don't see a problem with what happened. Uh, it was pretty entertaining to be to be honest with you. But who do you think would have won that fight? You see, I'm thinking it would have been Lauren Boebert. I think Boebert would have stood. I think she would have stood up in defense of of uh, Gates there, and uh, she would have slugged him. I think the guy would have gone down. Uh, and it, well, it depends on how much alcohol the, the guy had. Anyway, uh, the good news here is that uh, there are some incredible things that are about to happen. And I feel really good about where we're going right now, folks. I I really do. We all understand who McCarthy is. We get that. But the House Freedom Caucus was able to get a lot. And uh, one of the one of the first orders of business is Jim Jordan, who is going to be chairing a select committee. And it's called it's called the weaponization of government. And Jim Jordan is going to fast track an investigation into how big government was being used to target conservatives. We're going to be and this is a very, very important thing that's about to happen here. So this select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government is really in response to what has been coming out from Elon Musk and the Twitter files. And we know for a fact that the Biden administration has been specifically targeting conservatives. Uh, Over the weekend, we got word that the Biden White House, the Biden White House asked Twitter to censor Tucker Carlson and Tommy Lahren from over at Fox. So McCarthy has agreed to this select subcommittee. Now, the question is, what's what's going to become of the information that is gleaned as a result of this committee? The subcommittee, again, is going to be chaired by Jim Jordan, and they're going to look specifically at communication between the tech giants and Joe Biden's aides. And they're going to see if the government applied any pressure to Twitter or Facebook or anybody else that resulted in the censorship or the harassment of conservatives. By the way, any of you folks still uh, shadow banned, censored on Twitter? I don't think it's getting any better over there, to be honest with you. You might remember that back in December, uh, Jordan wrote letters to all of the tech platforms, Facebook, Meta, Google, YouTube, you name it, and said, we want information about collusion with the Biden administration to censor conservatives on their platforms. So anyway, that's going to happen. Now, the other big the other big thing that's happening today is this vote on rules. And the problem is there is some controversy surrounding budget cuts to the military. And we're going to get into that in just a few moments because what the what the conservatives are wanting to do with the military makes a lot of sense. And they're very concerned, very concerned that millions of your tax dollars are being used to turn the military woke. And Jim Jordan and and the House Freedom Caucus want to make sure that does not happen. Anyway, we're going to take your calls on this and what happened over the weekend. Are you confident that conservatives will be able to hold McCarthy in check? And are you excited about what's about to happen here, folks? The House Republicans finally going to get to work, and this is going to be, I believe, the start of a good thing for America. 
Folks, I'm telling you, I'm feeling pretty hopeful here. Let's see what happens. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Good to have you with us. By the way, another big thing happened tonight. You got the big Georgia TCU game. I, I, I think it's I think it's pretty much Georgia, folks. I'm not sure TCU is going to be able to to handle the Bulldogs. We'll see how that goes. But a lot of people around the country are going to be watching football tonight. We're going to be bouncing back and forth. So don't you worry about what Congress is doing. You enjoy the football game. We're going to be paying very close attention to what uh, the folks up on Capitol Hill are doing. And I'm going to promise you this here on this radio station, on whatever station you're listening to right now, and on this radio program, we're going to hold them all accountable. Because at the end of the day, I'm not sure we trust anybody up there. Uh, Nancy Mace, who is the leftist disguised as a Republican from South Carolina, she is. She says that she may not support the rules package here. And we're going to get to more of what's in that package in just a few moments. But Nancy Mace was also asked about Congressman Matt Gates. Take a listen to Cut 2. The Speaker has reportedly given the Freedom Caucus, that ultra-conservative faction, uh, a third of the seats on the powerful Rules Committee, which controls which bills make it to the floor. You've called Matt Gates, one of its members, a political delister and a fraud. You've sparred with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'll show our viewers part of that and let them interpret your meaning. Uh, how are you going to work with these folks to, to get anything done for the American people? It's going to be very difficult. Matt Gates is a fraud. Every time he voted against Kevin McCarthy last week, he sent out a fundraising email. Uh, what you saw last week was a constitutional process diminished by those kinds of political actions. Um, I don't support that kind of behavior. I am very concerned as someone who represents uh, a lot of centrists, a lot of independents. I have as many independents and Democrats as I have Republicans in my district. I have to represent everybody. I am concerned that common sense legislation will not get through 
to get a vote on the floor. And I, for example, we have 12 uh, bills that we're supposedly going to be voting on in our first week in office. Three of them are abortion, abortion bills and pro-life bills. I am pro-life, uh, but I have many exceptions. But they are not legislation, pieces of legislation that can pass the Senate and get onto the desk for the president to sign into law. And so mm-hmm. if we're going to be serious about protecting life, for example, maybe we should look at more centrist views like ensuring every woman has access to birth control. Because mm-hmm. if you can reduce pregnancies, you can reduce uh, the, the need or want for women to right. have abortions, for example, a very common sense, pragmatic point of view. But that's not what we're going to be voting on this week. Yep. And I am concerned. Uh, I want to see pragmatic, pragmatics that work, common sense, fiscal conservative issues okay. at work that represent all views. All right. There you go. Nancy Mace. So she's a she's a liberal. That That's all there is to it. She's in the mold of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. So here's Here's what we're looking at. These are the concessions that conservatives got out of McCarthy. First of all, uh, it includes a rule that now says any move to raise the debt ceiling has to be accompanied by spending cuts. I think this is a brilliant move. In other words, you're going to raise the debt ceiling? Well, okay, what are we going to cut here? you got to take away money from the drag queens in Peru. The rule package also includes a resolution establishing a House Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which we just explained to you. McCarthy, and by the way, this is from Axios, McCarthy also agreed to vote individually on 12 appropriation bills rather than one giant omnibus spending bill. Huge, huge. The package also reinstates the Holman Rule, which lets lawmakers amend appropriations legislation and reduce the salary of government officials. Huge again. It also gives lawmakers 72 hours to review bills before they come before the House. The rule also includes votes on bills related to key sticking points for conservative lawmakers, including the border. And by the way, They're also going to be tackling term limits, and that is a question I have for you. Do you support this idea of term limits for members of Congress? And if so, how long should someone be allowed to serve as a congressman, as a U.S. senator? How many terms? 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Very curious about your thoughts on term limits and will that will that work will that fix this problem of our elected leaders actually doing the will of the people instead of the will of the lobbyist and the biggest winner out of all of this is a guy by the name of Matt Gates i mean he he pretty much stood his ground you may not like Matt Gates but you got to respect what this guy did because he did not budge. Cut number four. So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption, individual appropriations bills, Mm -hmm. and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments. And so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. You were quoted as saying the construct of these rules concessions functionally turn the speakership into a ceremonial position. Do you mean that? 
Well, Speaker McCarthy is our speaker, and long live the speaker. I look forward to working closely with him. But he did agree, to his great credit, to democratize power to the membership. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, these committees that decide what bills come to the floor, what the spending paradigm is, they're controlled just by people loyal to the speaker. Now what we have is a real representation of all of the different viewpoints within our conference. On the Rules Committee, on the Appropriations Committee, we fought hard to get agreements to have conservatives on those committees, to have our budget hawks on appropriations, and I can't wait to see what we're able to do when we unlock the potential of all of our members going forward. Yeah, got to hand it to Matt Gates. You may not like the guy, but by golly, he stood his ground and got what he wanted. What about term limits, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. All right, hello, all of you great conservatives out there. Uh, feel good, America. Be, we got us a victory. The Republicans are now in charge of the House of Representatives, the House Freedom Caucus. They scored a massive, massive victory. And imagine imagine what would have happened if we would have had all the House Freedom Caucus members on board. But all it took was 21. That's all it took, and look what happened. All right, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Let's go to North Carolina. Bob on the line wants to weigh in on these term limits. So what do you think, Bob? Should we limit the amount of time these people spend up in D.C.? I I like what our church does. Uh, You can be an overseer for eight years, and you can get an extension if you're involved in some particular project that needs your assistance beyond that. So I'd say if we did 12 years and and then unless it was an emergency or something that that person was involved in, that would do it. I don't necessarily – which are you working outside, Bob? What you got going on there? Uh, so, I'm in a post office and they're taping stuff up. Oh, Lordy. It sounds like a shovel, but uh, my goodness. All right. Well, tell the postal people you're on the, you're on a national radio show. They need to ease up. Or, <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, Bob, look, I like your idea here. And here's the reason why. I don't care how good you are as a congressperson, but if you're up on Capitol Hill for any long term, there's a very good chance that you're going to get sucked into the Georgetown cocktail party circuit. 
and it's yep. it's happened to some very good people, and they just forget where they came from. And when you see a person, and I'll just uh, there was a um, oh gosh, uh, the long time was it Pat Roberts, a long time senator from from Kansas. He actually didn't even own a home in Kansas anymore. He actually lived in Washington D.C. When you see your elected leaders buying property in the D.C. area, that's the first warning sign. Yep. <laughs> All right, I like this. So you said twelve years, you're done. Twelve years, unless you're involved in something that you need to really see to the end. Yeah, I like that, Nick or Bob. I really do appreciate your call. Uh, let's go to Susie and. Gainesville, Georgia. Hi, Susie. How are you today? Hey, Todd. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. You know what? I miss my friend Grace. Well, we do too. Uh, she's doing well. I saw her up in. Um, the, she and uh, Mr. Producer were out and about trying to, you know, see what Chicago was all about. I've heard it's freezing cold, and Merlot refuses to go outside. Well. I hope it is freezing cold, and I hope she get, comes back Yes, to the we're, good country. We're but, working on it. We're working on it, Susie. Give us some time. Hey, Todd, do you think the Republicans are going to do anything for us this time? I think so, Susie. And, and the reason yeah. why I, I do, and, and the reason why is they've gutted McCarthy's office. So McCarthy is not going to have as much power as he would have had. So I think there's a fighting chance that we're going to be, that's why I want to be hopeful here. I'm willing to give him a chance. Yes. Well, I'm reading Steve King's book. You know how they destroyed him. Oh yes, I do. Uh, And I thought, but there's more, there's more than one now that they've got to destroy. So, and I, I hear that the Freedom Caucus is gaining momentum, so that's a good thing. It's a great thing. Uh, we were a part of the Freedom Caucus before being a part of the Freedom Caucus was cool, Susie. And so I'm very happy to see these uh, these guys and gals standing by their decisions. And they they demanded compromises, and they stood their ground, and they got those compromises. It's, it's a great thing they did, a great victory for conservatives. Right. And I couldn't believe what Jeffrey said, that Pelosi is a defender of children? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hakeem Jeffries, Obama 2.0. That's who he is. Right. Right. Well, listen, you have a good day up there, and we're having a great day here in Georgia. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Susie. It's nice and sunny in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, feeling pretty good about yeah. things. Thanks for the call. And our, yeah. Yeah, and our gas tax is going back on us tomorrow. Okay. Oh, geez, Lou. Well, you know, it'll still be a good day. Susie, appreciate that. Let's go to John in Georgia, WDUN, our great station there. Hey, John, what's up? How you doing, Todd? I just had a couple of things to say. My personal opinion, I'd like to see all government entities, federal and state, go to two terms back-to-back with one term off and then reapply for the same position. If the people like you, they'll bring you back in. Also, I'd like to see retirement and the security issues be that they should do a minimum of 25 years since our military has to do 20 years. 
And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I really don't. And, and John, I've actually, I'm one of these people who's done an about face on the term limits. I was opposed. My philosophy was, well, if they're doing a good job, just keep sending them back. But the problem is, when you stay in Washington for way too long, you lose sight of where you came from and who you are and who your people are that you, that voted you into office. So I've yes, I, I've changed my opinion on this, and I like I like your idea. I, I like it. I would be curious to see what other people think. I hope people call in and discuss that. All right. Well, we'll give them out. We'll give out the number again here, John. Appreciate the call. 844-747-8868. Toll free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, you heard Susie mention Hakeem Jeffries, and Hakeem is the minority leader, right? So his job was to get up there after he got elected. And he had to give a little speech, say, thank you, good to be in the minority, and we're going to fight the Republicans and uh, impeach Donald Trump. All right, that's all he had to say. But the guy gets up there, and he speaks for well over an hour. And then he invokes this inner Barack Hussein Obama 2.0 thing, uh, and he's taking us through the alphabet. That's what's going in there. Cut number eight. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry, the Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, Knowledge over kangaroo courts. Liberty over limitation. Maturity over Mar-a-Lago. Normalcy over negativity. Opportunity over obstruction. People over politics. Quality of life issues over QAnon. Reason over racism. Substance over slander. Triumph over tyranny. Understanding over ugliness. Voting rights over voter suppression. Working families over the well-connected. Xenial over xenophobia. Yes, we can over you can't do it. And zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. All right, all right. So who is this guy? Very, not a great orator, but everybody was, you should have been watching uh, MSDNC and CNN, the most profane name in news last night. Unbelievable. My Negro Network. Oh, thanks, Judge Joe Brown. Appreciate that. Uh, they were going bonkers. Oh, he's just like the second coming of Barack Obama. Oh, his voice. He's such a powerful orator. Oh, I had chills. Even uh, Chris Matthews, remember him? Chris Matthews from MSDNC back in the day? Oh, even he was having a thrill up his uh, thigh. Anyway, let me give you some background on Hakeem Jeffries, who is a follower of his uncle, Uncle Lenny Jeffries, who happens to be a professor of black studies. He's also a Marxist, a pan-Africanist, and an anti-Semite. In a nutshell, the guy doesn't like white people, and by the way, Hakeem has never renounced Uncle Lenny. So Hakeem Jeffries, um, this guy is to the left of Barack Obama. He called all you pro-life conservatives a cult. 
uh, during the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, he said that Kyle Rittenhouse should be locked up and the key thrown away. He's also an election denier, Hakeem is, and he wants to abolish the Supreme Court. So this guy is off his rocker, and he's to the far left of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, by the way, Uncle Lenny, who was the uh, chair of the Black Studies Department at uh, the at the uh, that CUNY, that's a New York University. He said that Jews and Jewish businessmen financed the Atlantic slave trade and used the movie industry to hurt black people, and that whites are ice people, while Africans are sun people. Is he saying we're lily white or we're icy cold? I don't know. I like ice. It's refreshing. It's delicious, especially in tea, iced tea. In the early 1990s, Jeffries was discharged from his... This is Uncle Lenny. Uncle Lenny was discharged from his position as chair of the Black Studies Department, leading to a long legal battle that ended up with the court affirming the college had a right to remove this anti-Semite and Marxist. And I suspect the racist and the anti-Marxism doesn't fall far from that nasty tree. All right, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Rebecca up in the beautiful state of Maine, WLOB. What do you think about the the congressman's uh, alphabet lesson there, Rebecca? It's, it's, thank you for having me. And it is always amazing to me that the, um, the amount of um, lies that people will let come out of their mouth and that God does not strike them down. Because, you know, I'm listening to an inclusion and all of these things, and I'm just like going, wow, you really are looking for that bolt of lightning to come down and strike you out of the sky. Um, you know, and I, I, it, it, it amazes me. But I also want to agree, Mr. Starnes, that I, um, that I was one of those people that said that, you know, the term limits, we, that's in set in place, you know, if they've decided. But I kind of like that gentleman who said, you know, two, two, two stents in a row, and then take a break, and if they want to vote you back in, uh, they will. Because we've got to find a way to get this, this swamp cleared out somehow. Um, and for the bad players on the Republican side to, you know, if they're good, they'll get, a, they'll get voted back in. If they're not, they'll, they won't. But we've got to get some control over how long these people spend in Congress. And Rebecca, let's can we just get real for a minute here? You know, one of the other problems is that some of the best and the brightest are not even contemplating running for Congress because they see how the mainstream media will do people. And they will exactly. dig up any any skeleton in your closet. And I suspect, Rebecca, everybody's got a skeleton somewhere, something they, you know, everybody's everybody's quirky. Oh, yeah. So, but they will dig that up and they will try to destroy you over that. I mean, just Absolutely, plain and simple, sir. and and people are saying, you know what? I don't want any of that. I no, no, no. I don't know. You know, so you don't want to have to explain yourself to Aunt Ruby over at the uh, Thanksgiving uh, supper table. So they decide to, you know, all right, we'll let yeah. somebody else do it, and we get second, third, or maybe even fourth best. It, it, exactly, and and we get people that that this has been their job to study how to be a politician, and every day. I look at my forefathers' um, writings, and I think to myself how blessed we were to have these examples and how poorly we are following them. 
You're, Rebecca, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm ramping up the book even as we speak, and I was reading some of those early writings last night from George Washington especially, uh-huh. and it's just you know, you look at where we are right now as a nation and realize how far away we are from where the founding fathers intended for us to be. And that's one of the reasons I was so glad to see butts in the seat for a week. I don't think those people have been in that chamber for that long of time since the founding of the country. I don't think, I think you're probably right, sir. I think you probably are. All right, Rebecca, good hearing from you and great thoughts. Uh, Folks, what say you? 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Before we go to break, I want to remind you to check out some pretty awesome things happening on the Todd Stearns website. We are taking a group to Israel. We hope to have at least a 100, yes, a 100 of you, the great listeners of the Todd Stearns radio program. Maybe you want to talk to some folks in your Sunday school class, your church. We would love for you to join us for a seven-day tour of the Holy Land. We're also going to be meeting with Israeli government leaders and Benjamin Netanyahu's government, and you're going to be staying at first-class luxury resorts across the nation of Israel. We have information at toddsterns.com. You'll see it as soon as you log onto the website. You can also give us a call, and we can get your information, and we will send you uh, information about the trip. 844-747-8868 is our telephone number, and you call in and say, I want information on the Israel trip, and we're going to take care of you. Now, the other part of this, folks, people say, Todd, I know, you know, I know it's a little pricey. Can we pay in installments? Absolutely, you can. And uh, all that information is there on the website for you. We're going to have a wonderful time together. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Israel, a moment to stand with Israel. ToddStarns.com. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Georgia. Um, Emory Donahue is a state representative there. What do you think about this idea of term limits, Representative? Todd, I have been the author in Georgia for two different years of carrying term limits for Congress. And we left the bill open but my suggestion was six terms in Congress, that was 12 years, two terms in the Senate, that was 12 years. But
but we would leave it open for discussion, and it was DOA both years because it was thought of we should not be telling people that they can't vote for their choice. Now, I'm like you. I was the one that said elections give the people the opportunity to elect their officials, but then we've seen that is broken because so many people just keep voting on the same people every two years or every six years, and they have created careers in Washington. But uh, I think you have 12 years, and understanding the process, that's still a while, but the Senate it would be hard to get things done in six years. And what we did accomplish last week on our, what I call Christmas list, that was basically standalone bills. That's something I have pushed for also, to where a bill comes in, instead of being attached but with Christmas tree, the ominous bill, all these, it's a standalone bill. I think we can correct a lot of things wrong with Congress if we work for the ballot budget and the standalone bill to make sure that we do not attach everything. You vote it straight up and down. That way we'll you know, get back to what the people want in this country. Vance, I'm with you. I'm with you, State Representative, uh, and I really appreciate you calling in. We're, we're coming up on the uh, top of the hour, so we will have to let you go. But I I like that idea. And, and, and it, again, this is something that we need to be doing on the state level, on the local level, and definitely the national level. But I'm telling you, the the Freedom Caucus, they kicked butt over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. You ought to be proud of them, and you ought to be giving them a call and saying, hey, we're proud of you. Way to go. All right, hang tight. Don't go anywhere if you're on hold. We got another hour, two hours coming your way. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Big Show. This is the day the Republicans fight back. And it's going to get a lot of... We're going to have a lot of fun. Later tonight, uh, the Congress will reconvene Uh, there is a big debate over the rules package and we're going to get into more of that a little bit later on but you need to understand this is a great day to be an american citizen this was a long hard fought out battle but it was one that needed to be had and quite frankly every single piece of legislation that goes through the house of representatives there ought to be that much debate there ought to be that much passion on either side And maybe, just maybe, if we do that and we stay focused, maybe we might be able to uh, fix things in Washington, D.C. Folks, we've got a lot going on this hour. Let me give out our telephone number, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, a good friend of this program, a great journalist, and you've heard her voice all over America. Our good friend Robin Poffman joins us. Robin, I hope you're doing well. Hey, Todd. You know, it's great to be with you. And, you know, I was listening to all these people saying, oh, it's so chaotic on Capitol Hill. And look at the fighting. And 
there are a bunch of babies and all of this and all of that. And I'm sitting back, you know, watching my television set and thinking to myself, you know who the big winner here is? The big winner is the conservative agenda because these people, the non-rhinos, the non-Republicans in name only, they they really had it out there on the floor. I'm from New Jersey originally, and I, I like a good fight. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world either, but when they fight in a hockey game, uh, I love it. And I think that uh, the more fighting, the better, the more argument, the better, because uh, I was very impressed that it's no longer going to be a house of sheep. Um, all the groupthink on the left, everybody going along with Nancy Pelosi and now Hakeem Jeffries and whoever else down the road. I'm glad to see that there's some shepherds in the group and not all sheep. Yeah, I'm with you on that, uh, Robin. And again, it's not like they were out there caning each other, which I would have minded seeing, actually. I had to see how that works out. But yeah, I, I like to see a little bit of feistiness out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the winners are the American people here. Um, we have a lot to do in Washington, and there's been a lot of lies, there's been a lot of corruption. It's very irritating to people who have sat back in, on their couch and they're watching this and, you know, we're sending people to Washington and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I thought it was great to see Chip Roy out there and some, Matt Gates, whether you love him or hate him or, you know, however you feel about the man, you know, he stuck to his principles. He's not without issue. Um, and, and some of the other ones, I, I thought it was great. Now, I don't think you should be hitting people on the floor. I don't think you should be going to lunge at anyone, although that was kind of an, I think the media made more of that than, than was actually there. Um, but I'm excited to see that we're actually talking about the issues instead of everybody just saying, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to go along with this. Uh, just to get it passed. I think we're going to do a much deeper dive now on Capitol Hill, Todd. You know, Robin, it's, uh, I was really interested to hear from our listeners, and, and one of the one of the concessions that McCarthy made was about term limits, and that is going to be um, taken up for a vote. And I like this idea. I, I, I was on the other side of this issue, but, Robin, I'm telling you, far too many of our friends have gone to Capitol Hill, they've gotten entrenched in their office, and all of a sudden they become multi-bazillionaires on their $174,000 a year salary as a lawmaker. I think it's nauseating, and I think that the cameras get to their head. I remember back in the day, I used to cover Chuck Schumer uh, up in New York, and he never, you know, the old expression, he never met a camera he didn't like. And I think it gets to their heads when they're in Washington too long, and I'm all about term limits. I'm like, you know, you serve your time, and now you move on to something else. And I think the days of, you know, John McCain, may he rest in peace, and some of the others who were Bob Dole, may he rest in peace, and some of these guys that were there, you know, uh, for as long as, as you can remember, right, like your entire life, uh, John McCain was there. Joe Biden was there. They, these guys, they're like career politicians. They've never had any other job. And I, I think we need and we are seeing now, Todd, a whole new class of, of thinkers, younger folks uh, rotating in with uh, different ideas. And I think it's great for the country. What do you think about uh, Barack Hakeem uh, Jeffries there uh, and the big speech he gave? 
You know, I think it's just more of the same. And I think that the one thing you have to hand to the Democrats is that, Todd, they're always united. That's true. I don't care what the issue is. There's never any dissent. And that's how you end up with the meet MSM, the multi, you know, the uh, mainstream media groupthink. That's how you ended up with groupthink about the coronavirus. That's how we ended up with groupthink about the U.S. border. And they are always united. We're on the right. You know, we, ha- you know, people always say to me, oh, yeah, Robin, you're a Republican. And I say, you know what? I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. And when people look at you with that big question mark, because they don't teach the difference between being a Democrat or a progressive or a Republican and a conservative, we don't even teach that in America's school system. And, and there's a real difference. There's a nuance there. But the people that are, are rhinos, Republican in name only, they vote with Dems. Uh, all you have to do is look at Mitch McConnell's record. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, our good friend, great journalist, Robin Poffman. And Robin, uh, President Trump coming out uh, earlier today, and he is fired up over these 18 Senate Republicans who voted for the massive omnibus and, and in doing so tied the hands of, of, of McCarthy and the Republicans in the House. He says they all need to be primaried. They got to go. Agree or disagree? Agree a thousand percent. They all need to go. Again, they're rhinos and they're part of the group think and they just go along to get along. They're part of what Trump famously calls the swamp. And the swamp has a lot of creatures in it that are very <laughs> ingrained in the, in, you know, below the sea level, right? You don't want to stick your foot in the swamp because it might get bitten off. And these are the people that just go along to get along. You know, Todd, you and I know these people personally, some of them, and they are afraid to come out and speak their mind. They may think something differently privately when the door is closed, but they're going to go along with the crowd. And, And, you know, you see this in all levels of life, Todd, you know, whether you're in elementary school or high school or a university student or in the workplace where someone will, you know, say, well, what do you think? And people are really afraid to voice what they think. And that's how you have these 18 Republicans who did what they did in the Senate. And it's terrible. 87,000 IRS agents, those 87,000 need to be down at the border. And speaking of the border, Todd, while while we're talking, because, you know, that's my number one issue, having been through September 11th and all these people that are creeping into our country that we have no accounting for. Yesterday was completely bogus. I oh. was ashamed. I was ashamed. It was shameful. It was just shameful. Robin, here's one of the mainstream media reporters describing what happened out there. And by the way, uh, El Paso is completely overrun. I mean, they've got they've got homeless living on the streets and the sidewalks and the airport. Everything, it, it was so bad for the college bowl game, they couldn't even hold the pregame festivities because one of the convention centers was literally overrun by the illegals. Well, all of that was cleaned out, and they got rid of all the illegals ahead of Biden's visit. Uh, let's play cut number 11. But it doesn't get to the heart of the issue. And, and quite frankly, the, the processing that happens at the Bridge of the Americas is commercial traffic. There, there are not uh, facilities there to process individuals. And so, you know, maybe the tone of this will change uh, when he goes to the county facility. But, but so far, I mean, this is, this is very much a dog and pony show. A dog and pony show, Robin. To say the least. 
I mean, you have people sleeping on the street with uh, a blanket from, you know, a nonprofit agency, people eating scraps out of the garbage can, and the President of the United States shows up and they clean it all up. Whatever happened to a good old um, unannounced visit, right? Remember when, like, Trump would get away on Thanksgiving and go to visit the troops in Iraq or, you know, George Bush did some of that back in the day? Whatever happened to just, like, you know, dropping in by surprise to see what's actually going on? And then he goes, to top it all off, Todd, it makes me so angry. The cherry on the ice cream sundae is he goes to a migrant center where there's, this is all set up for the illegal aliens with your tax dollars and mine, and he meets with the people running it, but you don't see that they have a thousand illegals in there a day, and you don't see one illegal in there. Not one. You know why? Um, I, I'm going to explain why. Uh, cut number 10, please. Of course, this area uh, it was had a lot of police presence. We've been reporting in the past couple of weeks of police coming here. Uh, they've been arresting people for maybe paraphernalia. They had uh, access to, to marijuana, those types of arrests. We spoke to one woman. We asked her, have people been cleaning this area in preparation for President Biden's visit? One woman did tell us that, yes, the city, she has seen city officials or city employees out here cleaning the area in preparation to President Biden's visit. Robin, it's like they it's like Bull Connor back in the 1960s. They just turned the fire hoses on and they blew them all out of town, like they didn't even I, I gotta, exist. I, I gotta tell you, they they broke out the Clorox and the bleach and they cleaned up the streets, and it's shameful. And and again, the American people lose because we don't have an accounting for who is here. And let me tell you, Todd, they could close down this border in five minutes they could do it very quickly and i'll tell you this i really applaud um governor abbott republican texas who showed up on the tarmac who was invited at the 11th hour but took the time to write his uh bullet point uh linda tripp memo to the president and outlined all the, the you know line item number one line item number two of all the ways that he could very quickly shut down that border, and Abbott held him responsible, saying, what was something to the effect of, you know, you're you're two years too late and $20 million down the hole too late? I mean, it is shameful. And we are, I'm going to leave you on this happy note. We are in for an enormous terrorist attack because we don't know who's here. It's it, That is a sobering way to end the conversation, but I'm afraid you're right, Robin, uh, because we don't know who's here. All right, great stuff as always. Uh, Robin, we'll get you back home very soon. Always appreciate your great observations. <laughs> God bless you, Todd, and all you do. And again, a big win for conservatives the other night. I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. Robin Poffman, everybody, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. And she is right about that. Robin was there when the when the attacks happened. And uh, if you go back and look at all the documentaries, uh, one of the first voices you'll hear is Robin's as she is describing what's happening around her in lower Manhattan as those jetliners were flying into those buildings. So she knows her stuff. She knows what uh, she's talking about when it comes to all of this. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going directly to your phone calls. Also, a bizarre story about M&M's, the chocolate candies that melt in your mouth, not in your hand. Well, apparently, M&M's is going woke. 
they've introduced a an inclusive M&M, which is purple, and also the green and the brown M&M are apparently lesbian lovers. No, I'm not making this up. So anyway, they're announcing a new all-female brand of M&Ms. Um, they're plain no-nuts. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starn Show. All right, people, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. <laughs> I got to tell you, after the break uh, coming up in just a few moments, I- I'm going to come back and tell you about something I did over the weekend in Memphis. And I just let me just say I triggered just about every elected official in the city. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll t- we'll tell you about that in, in just a few. Uh, in the meantime, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. That is our telephone number. Let's go to Tom in Oregon. KYKN, our great radio station out there. Tom, what's on your mind? Hi, Todd. Good morning to the the greatest talk show on, on radio. I just love your show. and Thank you for your testimony. Well, you're kind to say that, Tom. Appreciate that. Todd, uh, on the term limits, my formula is five and two. Five terms for the House, two for the um, Senate. That's 10 and 12 years, no exceptions. And I have one additional caveat to that. Um, I believe that no congressman should receive any money to campaign that comes outside of his district. There's no bank in New York or no lobbyist in D.C. should be contributing to my district here, only the people that live in the district. The same for the Senate. Only money within the state of Oregon. I know there's issues on free speech and all that, but why should some banker in London or New York be electing our senator? It should be just the people in the state. Tom, that is a brilliant idea. And, and I'm with you. I've never understood. The, I mean, we know why they're doing it, but it makes absolutely no sense because you've got these, for example, in Memphis, Tennessee, we have a George Soros style district attorney. And the guy was getting most of his support from outside of the city. It made no sense. No sense at all. And when you mentioned the senator that didn't even have, uh, what's his name, Foster from Kansas? I can't remember his name. Pat. Uh, Pat Roberts. Pat Roberts. Well, you know, I've written a letter. I've written a letter to our senator here, Senator Wyden, probably over the last two years, at least every two weeks. How many days he spent in the state of Oregon in 2021 and 2020? No answer, of course. And he lives in New York because his wife has the big bookstore in New York. Well, of course. So you, you never get an answer. But again, Todd, your show is fantastic. There'll never be another Rush Limbaugh, but you come awfully close. Thank you so much. Tom, appreciate those kind words. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I've, I've got, we're going to have David Limbaugh on sometime this week or next. Uh, I just got my uh, copy of the new book. Uh, about Rush and a lot of the um, a, l- a lot of the stories, are just amazing. Uh, actual uh, transcripts from the shows. It was always fun when someone would send me a text message or shoot me an email and say, "Hey, Starnes, Rush is reading one of your stories on the show." It uh, that used to always make my day. Uh, anyway, um, so it's very kind when you say that because we all know there will never be another Rush. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. If you're on hold, hang tight. 
We're going to get to your calls uh, just after this break. 844-747-8868. That is a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We're going to be talking about these lesbian M&Ms coming up in just a, a matter of moments. And also, juvenile crime, which is surging all over America. How do you fix and how do you resolve the issue of kids committing these crimes? Now, society will tell you it takes a village, but I contend it takes a mommy and a daddy, and in some cases, a hickory switch or a belt. That's what I think. What say you? What is it going to take to get juvenile crime under control? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. Hey, check out our website, too, toddsterns.com. We have great resources for you there, free of charge, because uh, we're nice like that. We'll be right back. Let's go to Greg in Georgia, WDUN. Greg, are you are you ready for the big game tonight? I am. Yeah, you having a lot of folks over? You doing the burgers and hot dogs? What you got going on? Well, I'm actually out on the road. I'm a truck driver, so oh, there there won't be anybody coming over my house tonight. Well, head over to the nearest <laughs> head over to the nearest Cracker Barrel or Perkins, and uh, you know, pull and enjoy a, a good burger and a, a great game. I think George is going to clobber him tonight. Going to be a fun game. That's what I understand. All right, Greg, talk to me about term limits, sir. What say you? Well, I agree with your last caller. Term limits. I mean, twelve years is good, um, and money should not come outside your district but i got one thing else you know like they they passed the unaffordable care act right yeah it's true yes i just want congress and the senate to live under the same laws they make us live under because they exempted congress from from the affordable care act when they passed it you're absolutely right greg they sure did I like no, this I like this idea Greg and again it's holding our elected leaders accountable. This is almost a giant reset. Is it going to be perfect? No it is not. It's it's not. But but it's okay right now. Let's just let's give them a chance, give them an opportunity, and I'm telling you folks, if there's a need to worry, I will let you know when it's time to worry. But right now we don't have anything to worry about. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna get through it. Greg, I love your idea. Be safe out there on the roads. 844-747-8868. Here's the headline from our, our website, Toddsterns.com. Eminem's all female woke candy leaves bitter aftertaste. Mars is offering an all female brand of Eminem's. The candy company says their feminist-friendly candy wrappers will honor gals who have flipped the status quo. Again, plain no-nuts. According to a spokesbabe at M&M's, women all over the world are flipping how they define success and happiness while challenging the status quo, so we're thrilled to be able to recognize and celebrate them. And who better to help us on that mission than our own powerhouse spokes candies, green, brown, and purple? That 
is the color of the M&M's. So the new package will only feature the green and brown and purple candies designed to look ladylike-ish. And I say ladylike-ish because you might remember they did a makeover of the green M&M, which was supposed to be the sexy chocolate candy, shapely woman. And they decided that she looked too sexy, so they decided to make her look more mannish. I'm not making this up, folks. <laughs> uh, last year, M&M's introduced the purple spokes candy designed to represent acceptance and inclusivity. We think it's a non-binary M&M, but we're sure it is a part of the rainbow color there. Back in 2017, Mars made headlines by introducing a lesbian candy couple. And we have a photo. You can see it for yourself. The The new mannish-looking female M&M, which I guess would be the, the butch candy, um, and is uh, holding hands on a bench at the ocean with the brown M&M wearing lesbian eyeglasses. No, I I know I know I know they're not. No, I'm not saying the eyeglasses are lesbian, but I'm just saying that if you're, let's just imagine for the sake of the argument, you're having a stereotypical conversation about what someone might. For example, the average Trump supporter, a little on the hefty side, which again is why I don't believe the narrative from J6. There's no way the average Trump supporter could climb that many stairs. We're not that athletically inclined. See, again, it's a stereotype, right? All right, so just go along here for a second. So anyway, the question is, what the heck is going on here at M&M's? M&M's clearly, like many of these other companies, they're trying to shove an agenda literally down your throats. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, I prefer Little Debbie snack cakes. I'm partial to the Swiss rolls. A delicious snack cake that doesn't taste woke. Let's go to Doug in Illinois who wants to weigh in on the Eminem saga. All right, Doug, what say you? Uh, hey, uh, great show as always, Todd. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Uh, listening to you, people wouldn't realize that they're talking about candy that people put in their mouth and eat it. I mean, what in the world? But I, I, I just had one question. If you had a lesbian Eminem and it... Uh, self-identified as a male M&M, would it still leave a peanut taste in your mouth? Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, <laughs> Doug, uh, <laughs> you see, again, this I'm, I'm just a Snickers guy, Little Debbie's. Uh, you know, Little Debbie is still a babe. Uh, uh, that's according to the um, the marketing. So. Yeah. I guess. I, I guess I'm buy buy candy because I like them with and without. Nuts, <laughs> so I don't. You know, you don't can I, can you don't discriminate. You don't discriminate, <laughs> Doug. Not at all. Not at all. Can I make a comment about the speakership? Real I'm quick? afraid so. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't that democracy in in progress? I mean, uh, I mean, they sit down in the house. You believe one thing, they believe another thing, and you compromise and come and meet in the middle. Uh, when Nancy Pelosi was in there, if you didn't do it the way she wanted, you didn't get anything. And, so, and look, this is I mean, true. That's, that's tyranny. Yeah, I it mean, was what tyranny. We, what we witness is what we just witnessed is democracy in action. I, I, all my friends are telling me, "Oh man, this is horrible." I'm like, "No, it's not." These guys are getting their job done. They're people sitting there debating, doing their job. 
they're just not used to it. They're not used to seeing democracy in action because you're right. I mean, look, Pelosi ran it with an iron fist. People were telling me it was like a prison. I thought the best part of early Saturday morning was when McCarthy announced that they would open up the Capitol building to the American people again. And it was interesting because the Republicans were hooting and hollering and cheering, and the Democrats were sitting down and they were stewing because they don't want the American yeah. people in that building. They think it's their own private club. Absolutely. All right, Doug, Absolutely. good good comments Thanks, all around. Appreciate you. All right. There you <laughs> he's, he's buy candy. Is that? I love it. Well, I guess it would sort of be like the the Almond Joy. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts, mounds don't. Never understood the mounds without the the almonds. I I just didn't understand that. Why would people do that? Um, Okay, Uh, let's go to Larry in Georgia. Larry, what say you? Hey, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I, I agree with the term limits that they were working on, but I think what we're really missing out on is, is line item voting. Uh, you know, the even term limits is not going to stop your lobbyists, which most people don't understand. That's just a salesman for causes, organizations, and companies. So uh, I think we have to get that money out of those hands that go in the back door. You know, that, that will solve a lot of our problems just in itself. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, again, there's a lot of stuff that has to be fixed, and it's going to take a while. You know, Trump was in the middle of all of this, and he didn't get anywhere near all of it, you know, done that needed to get done. I mean, the swamp has been around for generations, and we got to take time to drain it, my friend. We do. And, and this is like the ominous bill, what, 4,100 or some pages, and they mm. gave him a couple hours to look at it, or yep. give or take. And you literally can't even hardly get through the the very beginning of that. So nobody knows what was in that. And so uh, I, I, I'm afraid if we started dissecting it, we'd all be sick to our stomachs. Well, I'm afraid you're right there. Uh, Larry, good call. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's go to Tom in Georgia. A lot of Georgia callers today. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind? Good afternoon, Todd. Great to speak to you again. Thank you. Um, I have a, a couple of thoughts. One on because um, I like some stayed up and watched uh, number round fifteen. But what I want to talk about was the round one when Jim Jordan gave his little short speech for nominating Kevin McCarthy. Did you notice not once did he mention Kevin McCarthy? He talked about his vision for the future of America and con- conservatives. Yeah, I think Jim gets it. You know, Jim understands. I mean, he understands what's going on here, and he understands who McCarthy is. But Jim has oh, a much, no but Jim has a much bigger plan, and and he doesn't want McCarthy to get in the way of that. Uh, we want Jim Jordan on House Judiciary. That's where he needs to be, and that's where he's going to be able to take down this administration. I, I, amen. And, and like, then, then I also want to talk about my congressman, 9th District of Georgia, Andrew Clyde. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get a hold of Andrew and tell him that he is my hero. Andrew's kind of a, kind of a low key kind of individual, but he stood tall 
and and he was part of the group that demanded those changes that, in all honesty, helped the Democrats in Congress just as much as it does the Republicans because they now have a voice. And they were basically part of a social club prior. That's all it was. That's all it was. Paid for by you and me, Tom. Paid for by you and me. Thank you again, Todd. All right, Tom. God bless. Go dogs. Hey, some big news, ladies and gentlemen. Our good friend David Horitz has a brand new book out, and this one is a shocker. It's called The Final Battle, and David reveals a secret war underway in America. Democrats, the woke culture, and a new generation destroying our culture, ending our freedoms. Horowitz says their plan is taking place in our schools, our churches, and even in our military. And that's why this week you need to watch David Horowitz on the Chris Salcedo Show as he reveals the real threats of Biden, Obama, big media, and more. And by the way, Horowitz names names. So tune in today to Newsmax, the network I watch, and see Salcedo and David Horowitz. By the way, I will be on Chris's show this afternoon. And make sure you get a copy of The Final Battle. Newsmax calls it the best book of 2023 in bookstores everywhere, or you can get the free offer and save $28. How do I do that? All you got to do, go to finalbattle611.com. That's finalbattle611.com to get your free copy today. That's finalbattle611.com. All right, coming up, I'm going to explain what happened in Memphis over the weekend. I really caused a, a bit of a shenanigan uh, over the weekend. I mean, the liberals around here are going bonkers. Um, all right, let's go to the phones here. Uh, 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to share this story with you out of California. They're having a big problem in the California National Guard. There have been five generals that have either been forced to resign or have been fired in just the past four years. Brigadier General Jeffrey Magrum is the latest, the uh, top commander at the California National Guard. Apparently, he'd been using troops to carry out personal errands, and he also put an F-15C fighter jet on standby and people were afraid that he was going to use the jet to frighten civilian protesters. Anyway, he's being involuntarily transferred. One of the allegations is that, um, oh, by the way, and he was that jet was going to be targeting conservatives during the China virus pandemic. This guy's a nut job, this one. Unnamed service members filed complaints. One said that uh, he was ordered to drive the general on a nearly 120-mile round trip to a dental appointment. Another service member said that he was forced to take the general's mother on a shopping trip to Whole Foods. The guard member said, quote, she was particular. And when I say particular, it had to be at Whole Foods. And it took her a long time to decide what she wanted. A lot of comparison shopping amongst products. Jeez, Alou. So anyway, now that guy's out of a job. Unbelievable. So this is what happens when you lower standards, ladies and gentlemen. 
All right. Um, I Again, I'm telling you that we've got a problem in our military, and I appreciate the fact that conservatives up on Capitol Hill are finally, finally going to get um, the opportunity to tackle the budget, which is bloated. It's one thing to buy it's one thing to spend money to buy bullets and tanks and drones or whatever we need to kill things and blow up things. But it's an entirely different story when we are using that money to fund these woke programs that are teaching soldiers to hate white people and to embrace their preferred pronouns. That's a problem and we got to root that stuff out here. All right, so over the weekend, there was a big meeting in Memphis, Tennessee. Crime is off the charts here, and most of it is happening because of young people. We're talking about kids 11 years old who are out there stealing cars. As a matter of fact, there were um, five kids, all well under the age of 18, that were busted because they were part of a car theft ring. They stolen like eight cars. And people don't know what to do. The police chief is fighting mad over this. And she says, hey, wait a second. The problem is we arrest these people and they don't even spend five minutes in jail. They're right back out on the street stealing things. So they had about, I don't know, 500 people, a huge crowd turn out at this local church to hear from the community leaders, city leaders. And I was one of the guys that went. And I had an opportunity to ask my question. Now, here in Memphis, we have a George Soros-style district attorney. His name is Steve Mulroy. This guy wants to raise the age of juvenile crime to 25 years old. And he says the reason why is because science has proven that brains in men are not fully developed until they're about 25 years old. Now, if in fact that is true, and I've got a hard time believing this, but if in fact that's true, then fine. If you're going to charge a 25-year-old and treat a 25-year-old as if they're a juvenile, then let's do it. Let's, let's raise the age limit to buy booze to 25 years old. Let's raise the driver's license limit to 25 years old. If you want to go down that path, but I don't think they really want to go down that path. What I think they want to do is use that as a mechanism to prove that crime has been lowered when, in fact, it hasn't. You're just redefining what it means to be a juvenile. So anyway, I I was listening, and it was a long meeting. And you know what they said? The, the, The city leaders, their plan for fighting juvenile crime is to stop expelling and suspending children from school, to give them more fun activities in class, to provide more free post school activities, and by free we mean taxpayer funded more community centers, more athletic facilities. And they've also, by the way, they're turning the juvenile crime center into some sort of a, a cool, hip thing. But they, the caveat is it has all the amenities of a prison, but it doesn't look like a prison. Well, why not? Why not? It ought to look like a prison. They ought to be miserable. That's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. We're coddling these criminals. Your thoughts on that coming up, 844-747-8868. Hour three of the Todd Stern Show coming up next.
Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. All right. Hello, everybody. Hour three underway. Wow, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. The Republicans firmly in control of the House of Representatives, and tonight um, the fireworks begin as they debate the rules package, and we'll, we'll get into more of that in just a little while. But I want to go back to this, I want to go back to this story um, here in Memphis, uh, where uh, we have been really dealing with a massive crime wave. I mean, it's, it equals what's happening in New York City and Los Angeles right now, and we're nowhere near the size of those of those cities. But I'm curious to hear from you, uh, moms and dads out there, about juveniles who commit crimes. How do we fix, how do we resolve the issue of juvenile crime? So anyway, I went to this big meeting over the weekend, and it turned out, honestly, to be a waste of everybody's time. I was wandering around the room. I'm saying about 500 people there, maybe fewer, but hundreds of people were definitely in the room. Packed house. Had to put out more chairs. And I I was listening as people were shaking their heads and basically saying that it was a waste of time, that nothing nothing was resolved, and it seems as though our elected leaders don't want to address the problem. The mayor wasn't there, either the city or the county mayor. Nobody bothered to show up. Had a few elected officials in the room, and glad to see them there. But no one was really willing, willing to address the issue in the room, the big elephant in the room. Now, it seems to me that if we want to address crime, we're going to have to get down to the root of the problem. And all I heard from these elected leaders is, well, we need to throw more money at it. And by the way, all of these advocacy groups that were there, they're all getting taxpayer money. And nothing they're doing is working. It's only making it worse. And I was listening, and there was one particular person, uh, and he's a big civil rights activist. Now he's a judge. His name is Sugarman, Judge Sugarman. And he was talking about how how grateful they were because they were able to feed the children, the prisoners. We, they were able to feed them fresh turkey and fresh vegetables on Thanksgiving. Well, why are we giving the kids fresh turkey and fresh vegetables in prison? If they're in jail there ought to be some sort of suffering. That's the whole point, right? To punish people. But they didn't seem to understand that. And then some other guy chimes in on this uh, big panel up there and said, well, you know, one of the things we've done is we've made sure that the prisons don't look like prisons for the kids. You know, we've got all the lights. It's bright. It's I'm like, what? what is this, a shopping mall? Also turns out the kids are allowed to have cell phones. So they're allowed to be on the Internet. So what is the point here? I don't it doesn't seem to me that anybody is being punished. And that's a problem I've got. And so they're talking about all the they're going down the list here. Well, we need to give the kids new basketball courts and new community centers and arts and crafts. We need to let them draw beautiful pictures. And I'm sitting here and I'm listing 90 minutes of these city leaders and the so-called experts. Not one time did I hear anybody say but the parents. Nobody said anything about mom and dad. And this goes back to something Michelle Obama, the former first lady of the United States, once said, that it's really about 
the government being big mama. So the government is big mama and big daddy. Your biological parents don't matter anymore. So if, in fact, now we're living in a society where the government seems to think they know best how to raise your kids, no wonder we're in the middle of a war zone in Memphis, Tennessee. So anyway, they invited all these people in the audience to stand up and ask questions. And so, of course, you know, I hopped up there. And I, look, I you got to read the room. And I, I'll be honest with you here, folks. I tempered my comments. I could have been a little bit more bolder, I guess, but I wanted to get my point across. I wanted to be friendly. I wanted to be neighborly. But in all honesty, I really wish our city leaders had the urgency on this issue that they had when they were tearing down every Confederate war statue in this county. I really do. I really do. But they don't. I mean, they told us, hey, we've got to tear down all these statues, and when we tear down all the statues, we're going to be living in a paradise. Well, they tore down all the statues, and now we're living in a third-world hellhole. People are literally afraid to go out and get gasoline in their cars without wearing a Kevlar vest and arming up. And, and I am not exaggerating here at all. And if you are a listener of, of this program on KWAM, in Memphis, Tennessee, you know what I'm talking about, and maybe you can actually you can back up what I'm saying about how dangerous it is here. 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. So I get up there, and you could tell. People are actually groaning because there are a lot of liberal advocates. Um, and as soon as I said my name, people were like, oh, God. Hello, I'm Todd Starnes. Yeah. You could hear him. It was great. So I said my piece. A couple of things. I, I asked two questions, and I was one of the few people there who didn't, who didn't just take over. I, I asked my questions, and I sat down. But number one, I've been the victim of crime four times since I've been back in Memphis for two and a half years. Twice, somebody broke into my car once, and then they tried again, damaged the car both times. And then they uh, broke into KWAM, our, the, built, the, the radio station I purchased during our reconstruction time. Uh, we were burglarized twice. Police showed up. They were there, lickety-split, and they said, got to be honest with you, man, there's really not much we can do here. You know, I mean, it's just all over the place. So my question was, number one, how in the world, are, if they can't handle the number of juvenile criminals they've got now, how in the world are they going to handle that number when they, the district attorney raises the age of the juvenile criminal to 25 years old? How are they going to do that? And then they said, well, there's really, oh, that's really not true. There, no, 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 you're just misreading that. that. There's no way. No, 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 that's not true trying to speak down to me like I'm, I'm some sort of, a, I don't know, NPR host. But I'm not an NPR host. I'm host of the Todd Stearns radio program. And I know what the heck I'm talking about. And I came armed, loaded for bear. So I simply pulled out my phone and I said, well, here's where I got that information. Where do you get that information from? Well, I'm happy to provide that information for you. It came from the district attorney's website. And I want you to hear this. This is what they want to do. And this is happening in your communities, too. They want to support the expansion of juvenile court jurisdiction to age 25 due to modern science on teen brain development. 
They want to reduce transfer to adult court for young children and those accused of nonviolent crimes. And by the way, now they're calling a carjacking a nonviolent crime. They also want to restore Federal Department of Justice monitoring of the juvenile court to correct racially disproportionate charging, detention, and sentencing. Well, I, I will say this, and I need to say this so you understand the context. Our police chief is a woman. She is also black. And by the way, she's been the victim of crime at least, what, two or three times. And the black female police chief of Memphis, Tennessee, stood up and told the city council, hey, look, there's no racial component here. We live in a majority black city. So, yes, a majority of the criminals we're arresting happen to be black. There's nothing racist about that. That's just do the math. But nobody can do the math because they're too woke to teach math. So anyway, I, they, they, they dismissed my first question. And then here's my second question. And this, I think, was the most important question. What about the parents? What role do you want them to play in all of this? And there was silence. They didn't know, what to, they didn't know how to respond. So just think about this, ladies and gentlemen. It just seems to me that we have a government now, and this goes, I said Obama, but it goes back to Hillary Clinton when she wrote that book about it takes a village to raise your kids. No, it doesn't take a village to raise the kids. It doesn't take a community center. It doesn't take a public school. It doesn't take a liberal city council to raise a kid. It takes a mommy and a daddy to raise a kid, period. That's it. And and it also takes a hickory switch or a belt in some cases. Nobody's disciplining their kids anymore. Teachers are afraid. Let me tell you something. If you're living here in this city, and you know what I'm about to say here, folks, you're better off getting carjacked by somebody who's in their mid-20s than 11 or a 12-year-old because you're going to be, I think you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to negotiate for your life with a 25-year-old. That 11, 12-year-old, they don't know right from wrong, and they'll just shoot you dead. You think I'm laughing about that? You think I'm joking about that? No, that actually happened. A couple of kids carjacked a Methodist preacher in her driveway and shot her dead. And now they're trying to figure they're still trying to figure out whether or not to charge them as juveniles or as adults. This is a microcosm of what's happening across this nation when it comes to crime. I want to go to Jay in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Jay, am I am I exaggerating the issue here? Uh, no, not at all. Not not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I recently got a club for my car. Even though my car is not an Infiniti and it's not a Kia, I figure eventually they'll figure out how to, uh, how to yes. steal my car too. Um, <clears throat> but you know, you touched on you touch on a magic word a couple of minutes ago. The magic word is science. Now, everything in the Democratic Party revolves around science. You know, the all hail, you know, Tony Fauci, everything that comes out of his mouth is the the gospel. Everything is true. So what I would like them to do is I'd like them to conduct a genuine scientific experiment. I'd like it to be conducted in Memphis, Chicago, uh, you know, Baltimore, uh, Flint, Michigan, places Detroit, places like that, San Francisco, and then have half of the half of the uh, perpetrators be treated uh, in a style which is uh, 
uh, which is proposed by uh, Soros-type DAs, okay? And, and the other half of the perps would be treated uh, with, uh, with a more rigid or stringent sentence and then conduct this thing over, let's say, five years or so and then publish the results and see what happens. Uh, they won't do that, but, but that's, what they, that's what they should do. They believe in science, well, they ought to follow the science. And I can tell you one other thing. I, uh, I have had experience to visit um, an institution in Patuxent, uh, Patuxent Maryland, uh, and it was called the Patuxent Institution. It used to be a jail, and then they converted it into a sort of a pseudo-psychiatric uh, facility. And I actually interviewed some, uh, uh, some perpetrators who were jailed there, and their attitude was <clears throat> they knew exactly how things worked, they knew that the social workers wanted you to say <clears throat> um, certain things. The psychologists wanted you to say certain things. And if you said everything that they wanted you to say, your sentence would be short and you'd be out of there. Oh, yeah. the kid, they, you know, They're criminals. They're not stupid. I mean, these kids, you know, they're smart. They're smart enough to pick up on all this stuff, Jay. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think we're in the, the situation we're in. I just think we need parents to start administering good old-fashioned butt whippings and I think that we would start fixing some of this problem. But first, you got to have a mommy and a daddy in the house to begin with. Well, yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, by the way, I was recently starting to read the Thomas Sowell Reader. And uh, if every one of these kids could get one of those Thomas Sowell Readers, uh, that would be beneficial, too. Jay, yeah, <laughs> Jay, that's a good, that's a great idea. And I got, we got to run here. We are super late for a break, but I appreciate you listening to us on KWAM. Uh, by the way, the only news talk radio station in that whole city, in the entire city of Memphis, that is actually addressing this issue. So the question is, ladies and gentlemen, what do we do? How do we fix this problem? Crime is surging literally all over America when it comes to juveniles. What is the answer? I say mommy and daddy in the house. And a good old-fashioned butt whooping. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. So happy to have you with us. 844-747-8868. What do you think the solution here to these uh, juvenile thugs are? What is the solution? Is it mommy and daddy in the house? Is it the government stepping in? Are we talking about discipline? Do we need to break out the belt or the hickory switch? I remember when I was a kid, had to go out to the backyard and get a switch. That was a very unpleasant experience. Let's go to the phones. Maryland, Victor on the line. All right, Victor, what's your story? Hello, Victor. Hi, Todd. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay. I grew up in the 50s. I was uh, born in 47. My father was in the Coast Guard, so he moved around a lot, and he ran the house like a military barracks. And I had to do my chores like anybody else. I had to do well in school and all that stuff. Now, lucky for me, my father made enough money 
that my mother could stay home and take care of my sister and me. But my mother had to pay more attention to me because she had to literally read some of my uh lessons to me since I couldn't read fast enough to keep up with the class and sometimes she would have to braille some of the material for me so I was very very lucky that I had a stay at home mom and I think that would go a long way if the women were allowed to stay home and take care of the kids like like in the 50s yeah look I'm I, I see where you're going with this Victor and I caught a lot of flack a couple of years back, I wrote a book about this, and my my recommendation is we got to have one of the parents in the house. And uh, so many moms and dads are now convinced that the uh, the best thing for them to do is to go out and buy these McMansions. You've got a you know you're living well beyond your what it's not even living beyond your mean it's living beyond what you really need. And I think you really have to step back as parents and say, okay, do we really need to be making a, a quarter million dollars a year? Can we cut back and, and maybe have a parent in the house being there and and being there for the kids? I mean, we're talking about generations that used to be how it was, and now it is not. And you've got a you know you've got these kids, um, and you know they're out there running around, and mom and dad don't know where they're what they're doing. Exactly, and I remember. Um my parents had to go to um, see my uh, father's mother who was, who was dying of cancer. And my mother said, now, when you kids get out of school, you go and see Mrs. So-and-so two doors down, and she'll look after you until we get home this evening. So, and um, That's right. And you have a neighbor. You know, we had a neighbor like that in South Haven, Mississippi. And, you know, my dad broke his leg. Mom had to go to the hospital. The neighbor said, don't worry, I got the kids. And I tell you what, we towed the line. Uh, Victor, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. 844-747-8868. What's the answer here? Do we need to get back to a little bit of uh, discipline in our lives, America? This is the Todd Stern Show. Jory writing in on the Facebook live feed, uh, Todd, 50 years ago, an 11-year-old knew the difference between right and wrong. And 50 years ago, their parents taught them or set the example. And it's true. I mean, you're right. They were taught right right from wrong. And, and which is the second component here. And again, this is not a government issue, right? This has nothing to do with the government. This has something to do with, with what's happening in that home between mom and dad, but there's also a second component, and it's the local church. There was a time in this country when church was important, when people went to church as families. There was something called Sunday school. But now, when you go to a church, what do you get? It's like a nightclub. You got the smoke and the lights and the mirrors. You got a, you got a, a cover band. In some cases, it's just not very good. And then you get a little, you know, 20-minute pep talk. And that's it. Nobody's nobody's got the fear of the Lord anymore. And trust me, there's something to having a little bit of fear in your life. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So let's go to the phones here. Uh, what is the solution? How do we fix this problem? 
844-747-8868. Cindy in Georgia, what say you? Hi, Todd. I'm going to do a little bit of backtracking, but I sure like what you said about the um, lack of uh, Sunday school and such, but uh, backtracking to the single-parent household, if you don't mind. I um, I just see in today the me, me, me uh, society and um, the politically driven welfare programs that offer financial assistance to single mothers with each child that they have. It seems to be encouraging um, free, free, free is the mentality, and it provides financial assistance for having more children, even college-educated women see this as free money, regardless of the long-range effect of having that single-parent household and, you know, the lack of... of, uh, um, I guess it's just so me, me, me. They're not looking at their children and what impact this has on them and society and their place in society. It's it's really selfish on the part of yes. the, the parent. And, and you're right. Government programs are set up in such a way that there is a financial incentive for moms to get out there, uh, unwed, unwed mothers getting out there and having more and more babies because they get more and more money from the government. That is a mess, and I don't see an end to it because, as I said, it's politically advantageous for politicians to continue the program when there's such a approval in society. Is is I guess the best way I can say it. I would it's say being promoted. I would say let's go back to the 1950s. I'll just pick a decade. Uh, the 1950s. Are are you better off being educated and being raised in a school and an environment in the 1950s than you are 2023? Without a doubt. Without. Well, I think we lost Cindy, but Cindy, I appreciate your call, and it's a fair point you raise. Uh, let's go to Patty in North Carolina. Patty, what say you? Hey, Todd. Listen, I have two words. My father... Sicilian. That's three words. Uh, my father, all he had to do, all he had to do, was look at me, and I, I had more respect for that man because you know what? He raised us. It was me and my brother John. We grew up in Jersey, and I'm telling you, every Sunday we went to catechism, we went to church, we did, we did family things together on Sunday. We got together for dinner. Everybody got together. But it was called respect. I had respect for my parents. You know, Patty, I I remember my mom and my mom singing the church choir. And so we would have to sit on some Sundays when my dad had to work. I'd have to sit in in the pews by myself. But my mom made me sit on that second row pew. And even from her perch in the alto section of the First Baptist Church Choir, she could tell what I was doing. And all she had to do was give me the eye. (laughs) <laughs> and I knew right away to to buckle up because I was about to see Jesus. Oh, I'm not kidding. My father, I mean, he was, he was, you know, he was. My mother was the one. My mother was like, you know, you know, watch out because uh, we would go to my, you know, my mom's sisters in uh, in Jersey, and 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 we, the first thing you looked at when you walked into the into their place in the corner was a cat and nine tails. Oh gosh. 
What? No, but I mean, that was just so, you know, no, come on now. You got to, you know, stay in line here. (laughs) Again, it's the fear of the Lord. I love it. (laughs) No, I love that. You know what? But you know what? But you know, I grew up and and, and, and it it went on to my kids, even though I, I brought up two girls on my own. They're doing great. And I, they respect me, too, because I don't take no, no bull. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, Patty. And, and the way these kids talk to adults, I mean, I, you know, ah. you, if, if you were in the mall, and let's just say back in the 1980s when that's what we used to do, we used to go to the mall as kids, and if we disrespected another adult, it didn't matter if that person was a stranger, you were getting knocked upside the back of your head. Uh, you respected <laughs> adults. I mean, that's you were, you were there, uh, you were to be seen, not heard. That was the role of a child. Exactly, and and you know what? That's what we need back in this country. We need we need the we need Lord back. We need prayer back in this country. We need it back. We do, and I mean, look at these kids now. You're like, honey, what do you think? You know, mommy and daddy, we're thinking about do, we're thinking about going here on vacation. We didn't have any of that when we were kids. Many, you don't know how many times I feel like being. I'm in a store. And I feel like slapping the kid myself. Yeah, we had no say. <laughs> <laughs> How's how's your dinner? It's good. Eat it. You know, you didn't even get the chance to say it's. You know, eat your supper. That's the way it is. All right, Patty. Hey, listen. Yeah, I I had transistor radio. You know what I used to listen to back in the sixties? Who's it was Don Imus? Oh, back in the day, the late great Don Imus. Right. WNBC. All right. God bless, yeah. Patty. Take care of yourself. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Early is on the line, listening to KWAM KWAM. Hey, Early, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Todd? I'm good, thank you. So you're right. Uh, the mothers and the fathers uh, need to be more proactive in raising their children. But it's a little deeper than that. It's it's also the judiciary, judges, and politicians. Uh, case example: uh, 25 years ago, I was an employee at the Shelby County Sheriff's Department. A white guy got raped. I happened to write it up. I wrote that rape up, and everybody got angry at me. Uh, another situation wound up in a death. I wrote both of, of them cases up. The entire sheriff's department turned against me. I got rewarded for doing my job by getting, they put a drug charge on me. They put a drug charge I've never sold drugs a day in my life. But I wind up losing my job. I had worked there uh, 18 years. Now, uh, it's a demonic system. Uh, I've been outspoken about it. I've, I've talked to judges, lawyers. Don't nobody care. Now, uh, Memphis is a blue state. And that's why I started... Uh, to listen to your radio show and started supporting outside of the norm in Shelby County. Because not in over 25 years, I have never had one person representing me, and I'm a White Haven community resident, been one for uh, over 30 years. I haven't had one elected official had enough nerve to call me back in 25 years. Now, early, it's going on now. 
and and early i i'm sorry to hear about all the stuff you've gone through here i look there are good people and bad people everywhere i mean you know they're you know that that's just the way it is i think by and large overwhelmingly law enforcement they're doing their jobs the best they can and you know the unfortunately there are some bad eggs in the bunch but that's the way it is with everything but i'm telling you right now early we've got to figure out and this is where the church comes in we have got to instill those values and moral values into this next generation i hope we can try to do it for for gen z but i know we didn't do it for the millennials and you know some of my generation i'm gen x uh, we were already starting to go south during my generation. So it's a mess out there. Early, hate to do this, but we got to run for a break. We're late, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Starts Radio Show. What a weird day today. Uh, and by the way, tonight, I uh, just got word um, I'm moving my appearance on Newsmax to uh, later this evening in primetime. We'll, we'll update you on uh, the times and everything over on the website. So look forward to seeing you on TV uh, later tonight. Uh, in the meantime, let's go to the phones. Memphis, Tennessee, Lee listening to us on KWAM. Lee, what is the problem with this generation? Well, Todd, to be honest with you, I told you a long time ago, there was no love for country. Now there's no love for God, man. You know, when I'm a baby boomer. When I was growing up, Todd, I'm going to be honest with you. There was respect and, you know, appreciation and kindness and everything. But we were living in an age right now where I call low downness. Everybody's being low down. That's the main problem that I see. None of that stuff that I grew up with does not exist anymore. And I think it have a lot to do with the digital age. I mean, when you talk about the iPads, iPhones, the computers, nobody's talking to each other out to eye. Oh, that's true. You know, that's the first thing my I remember my dad teaching me when I and my grandpa too. When you're talking to a man, a person, you look at him in the eyes, you look at him in the face, um, and and now everybody's got their head down in an iPhone. You're right. I mean, it's it's crazy because I was listening to a a show and this gentleman was talking. General, uh, what was his name? Clyde Lewis. I think he said something about the Apple. He said it's kind of strange that the Apple computers, the Apple Pads, the Apple iPhone, and then he said the symbol represent the Apple or the, or the thing of the Garden of Eden. Oh, and that's what I was thinking about. Wow. You know, and I was saying, wow, that is that's, really something. That's brilliant and observation. And then he talk about the tree of knowledge. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-technology, uh, but I am anti-using good technology to process the evil that's going on in this world. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, Lee, that is a great observation. I really didn't think about that, but um, Eve was tempted by uh, that uh, that beautiful red apple and here we are. Uh, we got. We were tempted by the uh, the Apple computers. Huh. Wow. Good thought, Lee. Appreciate that call, and we appreciate all of our listeners across Memphis, Tennessee. Let's go to Nevada. Jack on the line. Hey, Jack. What's up? Oh, hi, Todd. Yeah, you know it's good hearing your program. You give me a little bit of hope, but there's all things going on. Common sense. 
children aren't taught common sense. They're taught going to college, making a ton of money so they can get all, a ton of junk. Like when I was growing up, I went to work when I was 14 years old. And I don't mean I didn't go to school. I went to work. I washed dishes at night. I worked on the ranch in the summers. And nobody ever bought me anything. I bought my own car. Uh, I got married. I had a couple of kids. I went to work. I worked hard all. Uh, I'm 87 years old, by the way. But, uh, you know, there's two things going. Children put way too much pressure on their parents because their friends got a brand new car for graduation. Do you think I got a car for graduation? No, nobody got a car for graduation except the rich folks. That's true. And rich folks, rich folks are able to have more because they're rich. But we can't all be rich. And the situation that comes that should be pretty damned obvious, you know, that we can't all be rich. And uh, when you start making all people rich, then everybody's a Biden. Everybody's a Biden. And they want more. And they want more. And you can't believe how worried I am about America. Jack, we have so lost our way. And I, I think back to, you know, some of our great institutions that really help shape young people, uh, the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. Those are gone now. I mean, they have been completely co-opted. Uh, we've been encouraging people uh, that listen, moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, get their kids involved in Trail Life USA and American Heritage Girls, you know, where at least they're teaching these kids basic skills and what it means to be a young man, what it means to be a young woman, um, so that they are going to be able to grow up and and hopefully change the course that this country is on. And, and Jack, I do have hope for America, but it's going to be a lot of work to get us where we, we need to be. Jack, appreciate the call. We had a little bit of spotty phone coverage there, but you give us a call back. He doesn't sound like he's in his 80s. He sounds. He, I thought he was like in his 50s. I'm 55. Jack sounds younger than I do. Uh, let's go to John Moorhead City, North Carolina, WTKF, the talk station. John, what's going on? Not much, Todd. I think we need to tie the two subjects you've already had together, and that is spoil the uh, Spare the rods for the child. That will answer that question that we've been talking about. And I think we have spared that rod too much because the child is too much for. And the second one is that congressman, uh, the rod needs to be given to him. Uh, I, I know that Gates forgave him. That's fine with me. But if he was intoxicated on the floor of the house, he needs to be sanctioned. I'm sorry. No, I'm with, need, I'm with you. All that. I'm like, what do you mean the guy's drinking? We got a wet bar down there now? Are we paying for that too, John? We, we, we need to. If he if he's on the uh, committee for the uh, armed forces, he needs to be punished just like the NJ, uh, non-judicial punishment. Take the half pay of his for three daggone months. Can't make him do extra duty by washing the floors or something, but give him something to to really think about why he went out there. If he can't hold his cool when he's drunk, he don't need to be there. I like it. By the way, and John, appreciate that call. Um, by the way, think about this for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what were they saying about the 21 House Republicans, those Freedom Caucus members? They were calling them insurrectionists. They were calling them terrorists, comparing them to the people that flew jetliners into the buildings. And yet, who was it? that was trying to inflict violence 
on the floor of the House of Representatives. It was none other than the establishment Republicans. Much like the Democrats, when it comes to the establishment Republicans, when they're accusing you of doing something, typically they're the ones guilty of it. So anyway, I don't know. It's, uh, it seems to be forgive and forget, uh, but um, we'll see what happens there with that. I don't think Mike Rogers is going to be in any uh, world of trouble. By the way, great story up on our website, Houston, Texas, a taco joint. Some thug comes in with a gun and steals everybody's wallets and cell phones. But when he turns around to leave, a customer whips out his gun and pops the guy nine times, nine times kills the guy. So he's there on the ground. The customer goes over and grabs all the stolen merchandise and gives it back to all the customers in the taco joint. So now Houston PD, they're looking for this fella. But the owner says, hey, this guy's a hero. As a matter of fact, everybody in that restaurant said the guy's a hero. We got the video up on the website. A little graphic, but uh, go check it out if you if you can. All right, folks, been a great day. Tonight, we'll be on Newsmax. Also, live coverage of Congress. That's tonight on ToddSterns.com. Be good, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.